All right, welcome everybody to today's episode, the first episode of the Fighter Pilot Professor. I'm your host, Meta, and uh, we're going to be jumping right in with our first episode talking about the Israel-Hamas conflict, and uh, then we'll do some time management, how to win your day, uh, mixing in some you know, fighter pilot wisdom in, uh, in the middle of that. So hope you enjoy, and uh, post your comments, questions, etc., and uh, let me know what else you want to talk about. All right, so jumping right in with uh, the Israel-Hamas conflict. I mean, obviously it's been pretty bad for the last uh, couple of weeks, and so just kind of discussing how we got to where we are. And in my opinion, we can really sum it into three big events that have happened in the last, well, since 1945, basically, that kind of get us to where we are. The first one is the how Israel as a nation was founded. The second one is the 1967 uh, Six-Day War. And then the third one is the rise of Hamas uh, as the political and military control of Gaza. So let's jump right in with that. Right. So I was taking the first one first. The uh, founding of the State of Israel back in 1948 began with uh, what was then called Palestine, what we would call modern-day state of Israel, under British control. And if you're wondering why things are the way that they are, most of the time you can blame it on the British. So let's start with that. We'll blame it on the British. They, after the uh, end of World War I, going all the way back to the end of World War I, they gained control of Palestine uh, from the Ottoman Empire after the end of World War I. And uh, after the end of World War II, after having controlled uh, Palestine, uh, in that span, that you know, twenty-year span or so, um, obviously the international community's sentiment towards European jo- Jews, especially in the aftermath of the Holocaust, was very sympathetic, and so there was a big push to establish an independent state of Israel. And so, along with the UN, the British did so, and they basically divided Palestine into three parts. The first part being the West Bank, which is uh, east of Jerusalem, mostly for the most part, sort of along the eastern border of modern-day Israel, between Jerusalem and the Jordanian, ri- the Jordan River, the Jordanian border. The second one is the state of Israel, which kind of took up a swath in the middle of um, Palestine, and then finally Gaza, which bordered the Mediterranean on the west, and then kind of wrapped down south along the. Sinai Peninsula. So that divided state of Israel, Palestine, Gaza, the West Bank, especially for the Palestinians, that divided state of Gaza and the West Bank sort of sowed the original seed of how we got to where we are. Second, 1967. So 1967, you can't really talk about 1967 without going back a little bit to that 1948 founding of Israel. As soon as Israel was founded as an independent nation, declared its independence, all five of its neighbors attacked. So Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Jordan, and Egypt all attack Israel in 1948. And the Israelis win. But that sort of sets the stage for how Israel sees the world. They're always 
concerned uh, about being attacked by their neighbors. Obviously, they live in a neighborhood where not a lot of their neighbors like them. And in fact, uh, several of their neighbors have professed to uh, want to wipe their existence off the map. And most Arab nations do not recognize Israel as a rightful state. So those things sort of serve to generate, as you could imagine, some Israeli paranoia, for lack of a better way to put it. That really shapes the way they think about the world, right? And so in 1967, the uh, Israelis get intelligence that the Egyptians, the Jordanians, and the Syrians are conspiring to, uh, to attack again. And so they launch a preemptive attack and wipe out well, first the Egyptian Air Force, then the Jordanian Air Force, and then the Israeli army cleans up the mess. And in the process of doing so, the Israelis seize Gaza and the West Bank. And this is important for developing what we have today, right? So the Israelis seize Gaza and the West Bank, and this begins what most people see, or what a lot of people see, as an illegal operation by the Israelis, right? And so when people talk about the Israelis' illegal occupation or the Israelis' illegal war they're, or going back to the pre-1967 borders, this is what they're talking about, right? So the Israelis attacking their neighbors uh, preemptively to prevent being attacked, like they were in 1948, and the seizure of Gaza and the West Bank. So the Israelis have occupied Gaza and the West Bank since 1967. Now, in 2005... The Israeli army pulled out of the Gaza specifically, and as soon as they did, that led to a 2006 ascension of Hamas uh, over the west or over Gaza. And so, in 2006, as soon as the Israelis peace out, the the Hamas takes charge of Gaza, and this is important because Hamas is a, an Iranian-backed terrorist organization whose sole existence in life is to try to destroy the state of Israel. So, since that time, and really before that, but since that time, uh, there's been a series of uh, exchanges of violence between Hamas and the Israelis over Gaza, or in Gaza and from Gaza, right? And in my opinion, this is sort of the last of the big ones, it seems, because uh, the Israelis have really taken it to heart that they're not going to let God, uh, Hamas exist in Gaza anymore as they have since 2006. So that's really the short version of how we got to where we are with Hamas in Israel. Happy to cover more of that later if you want, but that's the quick and dirty on uh, how we get to where we are. All right, so our uh, next segment is what I'll call loosely advice from a fighter pilot, right, where I relate your questions, things that you want to know about, to my experience as a fighter pilot, right? And how to succeed in a high-performing world, right? And, and how do you do the things that you do every day and be successful in that? And so our first question today comes from, well, from my son, Braxton Dietz. Congrats, Braxton, on being the uh, very first questioner. So his question is, like, uh, how do I make time to do stuff, all of my stuff. How do I do that? How do I do all of my things in a day? And 
That's a great question. I mean, how do you get all the things that you got to get done, done? Um, in Braxton's case, he goes to college and he's involved in student government. He has a job and and obviously takes a lot of classes and he wants to do well because he wants to go to law school. So he's trying to, you know, at the heart, he's trying to say, how do I balance my day? How do I get all of the things that I need to get done today uh, and be successful at them and still have time for all of the other things that I have to do? And it's a great question. It's, it's, it's tough to do that, right? Um, so, I, I mean, I'll relate it to my life as a, as a fighter pilot, sort of like this, right? And, and obviously not everything's this extreme, but if you apply some of the principles, um, you know, it's the same, right? And, and it goes like this, right? Like being a fighter pilot is, I, I, I say often that it's sort of like being a professional athlete, right? I am not a professional athlete. Do not get me wrong. But the lifestyle is very similar. It's very demanding of your time. Um, to be good at it, to be excellent at it, requires a level of sacrifice that is uh, arguably extreme, right? And it would not be unheard of for me in my prime flying fighter aircraft to have spent 14, 16, 18 hours at work. And that's just kind of normal, right? Like I would say a normal day for me would be a 12-hour day. So you know, a 40-hour work week was non-existent in my life, right? 60 hours, 80 hours, 100-hour work weeks are the norm in my world. And so, as a result, you have to uh, find a way to balance all of the things that you have to get done in that day, right? So, obviously, I did not, uh, since I was married and had kids, I had lots of things going on outside of work, so I had to find a way to balance family life and home life and, or, and, and work life and all of those things. And so how do you find balance to do all of those things that you have to do? And, and indeed, even at work, right, how do you find balance to do the things that you have to get done at work? And so the first thing I'd offer is have a schedule. S regiment your life a little bit. And, and that is sort of mundane sounding and, and, and boring, but it, it really goes a long way to help. And, and here's why, right? By regimenting your life a little bit, what happens is, is you get this rhythm, this routine, right? Where I do homework at this time every day and I do X at this time every day and I do whatever it is that you do. I do that at this time every day. And some days will vary a little bit, right? But if you kind of get into that habit pattern, that routine, what happens is you become more proficient at the things that you do. And so therefore, as you get more proficient at them, then it takes you less time to do those things. And then that then gives you back time to do other things that you need to get done. The second thing is focusing, uh, focusing on the task at hand. Obviously, flying fighters is, uh, well, frankly, it's a deadly business, right? And if you are not focused on the task at hand, if your mind is distracted and off doing other things, then your day can quickly go from bad to dead if you're not careful. And obviously, most people's world <laughs> is not that extreme, but you know, the principle is still applicable in that, hey, I have to focus on the task that I'm doing right now. I can't multitask. In fact, there's no such thing as multitasking, right? Like you're just splitting your time between doing two tasks. That is not multitasking. That's half tasking. You're doing each task half as well as you could do one task if you just focused on that task. And arguably, the sum of those two tasks trying to do two at once is going to take you longer 
to do than doing one task completely finishing it and then moving on to the next task right so focus on the task at hand get that task done and then move on to the next task right obviously that requires the sort of third thing which is prioritization i have to prioritize what is most important in my day and that kind of goes along with my scheduling thing right so schedule things that are important and then do them right and prioritized order right so the most important things for that day need to come first i need to get my most important things done right um, and then i can worry about that right we we use a lot of euphemisms in the fighter pilot business right the nearest alligator to the boat uh, was one of them uh, so fight the nearest alligator to the boat first what is the most important thing of your day right in you know in very real terms we used to divide threats like the enemy threat systems the enemy airplanes enemy surface air missiles whatever they were we used to divide those into threat categories and say this is our most dangerous threat today we have to eliminate that threat first before we can move on to the next threat right it's the same principle your day is full of things that are that are important and you need to do the most important things first because if you don't get those done then you know, in theory, your day fails. So do the most important things first and focus on that task, right? And then finally, as part of regimenting your day is, well, like I say, eat, eat good food, drink lots of water, and go to sleep, right? If you feel bad, if you got lots of stuff to do, then you got to do those things. Um, there are plenty of studies out there and involving elite athletes saying that sleep is the one of the most underemphasized things that um, make successful athletes, for example, successful. And I can 100% vouch for that. Having operated in a world where we are often operating at the very limits of human capabilities, if you are exhausted, it makes your ability to make decisions and endure hard things even more challenging, right? And I've been awake in my life. I've done 42-hour shifts, right? I've worked for 36 straight hours. And I can tell you 100% that when you're that tired, your body just stops functioning, your brain stops functioning, and you're no longer making wise choices. So go to sleep, man. Sometimes it's just better to get regular sleep than it is to push it to one or two or three o'clock in the morning and then try to get up at five or six and do something else, right? Now, some days it's an it's inevitable, right? You gotta push your body a little bit. But for the most part, your daily regiment should include good sleep, good food, some exercise, some sunshine plenty of water, et cetera, right? And those, like it sounds dumb and basic, I know, but like it is really important to get those things done. So if you're doing that, you're regimenting your day out, you're doing the first things that are most important first, you're focusing on those tasks, and then you're giving yourself some time to recover through sleeping, eating, exercises, and et cetera. And then finally, frankly, fun, right? Like it sounds dumb to schedule fun, but you gotta have fun, relaxing time time to turn your brain off, let your body recover, those all go in together, right? So that's what I would offer is how do you be successful in your day when it's busy? You gotta, gotta apply a little regiment to it. So hopefully that helps and uh, keep firing your questions away in the comments or shoot them to me uh, and let me know what you wanna hear about next. Thanks Braxton, good luck. All right. That wraps up our first episode of the Fighter Pilot Professor. Hope you liked it. Post your comments and questions. Let me know what you want to talk about next. Whether that's some bit of history, what sort of fighter pilot skills you want to hear about next, or what funny stories you want to know about. Right. Hope you have a good one.
Tatisen.